0: You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church. The influence that God has given parents is unique and profound, and it is our job to disciple our kids. Even if your kids are in school 40 hours a week, you're still the primary influence in your kids' life.
1: We just have a tight grip on trying to make sure that everything is the best, yeah. that we have the best family and we have the best kids and they go, they're gonna end up in the best college.
2: Mm.
1: And people just, you get really yeah. wound up about
2: it. That all of us should be thinking about, regardless of your school choices, how are we using the influence we have in a kid's life? What is the parental involvement and how important is it regardless of the school choice? This is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my co-hosts. First, this is Cassie Bryan. How are you doing today, Cassie? Uh,
0: good. My voice is cracking apparently. <laughs> good. I good. think it's good. the allergy.
2: <laughs> yeah, blame the allergies.
0: I'm impressed with how you well you fake a cracking voice.
2: Well, thank you. It uh, comes from years of experience <laughs> of student voice ministry. cracking. Oh. Uh, of student ministry. Adam can yes. do a lot
0: of
1: accents too. Did you know that? Oh, say Adam, the next Adam, thing. Adam, introduce me like you're Scottish.
2: Okay. Okay, like, give me just no, a second no here. I'm smiling too much. And of course, my lovely wife, Mrs. Chelsea Griffin. Wow. See, he's Shrek. Uh, yeah. You know what I used to always get picked on for uh, student ministry is whenever I would, in a sermon or in a message, uh, just like talk as somebody who was uneducated, it was always a very Southern accent. And, you know, I'm not from the South. And so they'd be like, man, you really, you really think we're all dumb? And I was like, no, I don't. I don't think y'all are dumb. You know, but... Um, yeah, you still it, what, do that. I still, I know mm. it's wrong. Chelsea's actually told me there are several voices that I can no longer use in oh. sermons, but uh, we won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> I'm your helper. Speaking says of the, the Bible, yep. I don't do impersonations during sermons or anything like that. But yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, today's topic is a big one. Uh, we're covering this. Uh, we've had this on the docket for a while because this was listener questions that I felt like were big enough. This is one of those that was a question big enough to to have its own episode. So we've had listeners ask us about making school choices. Uh, this has been a hot button Buckle issue up. lately uh, for evangelicals in our, in our stream. There's a lot of people having this talk, but this is a talk that we've been having for a long time. In fact, you guys uh, may not know this, but uh, on a podcast I used to be on, we did an episode on school choice and it was our... It was our most listened to episode ever. It was oh, wow. uh, It was Jen Wilkin, I, and then our friend Paige. Yeah. And Jen had uh, her kids in public school. Our kids were in private school and our friend Paige was homeschooling. And we just had a conversation around it. it I think it was
1: before we had kids. You talked about being brought up in private schools.
2: Well, we definitely had kids by that point. But, yeah, in school, Oscar but they was, might not have been uh, in private in school. school. Yeah. Sure? Okay. But yeah, we talked about those those choices. And, you know, a little bit, we'll probably color a little bit of what we're doing today. But... Uh, I I think this is a it is when I say a hot button issue I mean people are ready to judge so uh, <laughs> listeners I want to share a couple things but let
0: us free you from that Amen
2: ready yeah. to fight and I've and been looking for
0: a fight all day okay. so I was so I was hoping
1: that this would this would kind of
0: come unravel you're
2: gonna poke the mama bear yeah, yeah. all of
0: them <laughs> let's count how many times candy bars are thrown at us and then
2: <laughs> well I uh, I hope you know, not only to not come across as judgmental of choices people are making, but also not to incur the wrath of others who are feeling judgmental based on the things that we have to say. This is, I hope uh, our goal is to be really helpful. I'll tell you the tact that we're going to take, and we'll start talking about this a little bit, but we want to help families as they're making their choice rather than do an episode, which we're going to tell you which choice to make. So our hope is that this episode is going to help you as you're making your choice? What kind of questions you're going to ask? What ways to think through? What are your motivations? Rather than saying, hey, this is where the Family Discipleship Podcast lands on making your school choices. So I hope this is really, really helpful. Now, I have a couple things I want to say, and I've invited Cassie and Chelsea to interrupt, interject whenever they want, because I have a lot of thoughts on this topic and not dissimilar from our episode on um, talking to your kids about LGBTQ, Uh, there's a lot to say up front because this is such a, a loaded issue. But the first thing I want to say is that what I see in parents and in families when it comes to school choices, that there's a temptation, we already mentioned judging, there's a temptation to wear a badge of honor or a badge of shame in the the metaphoric sense based on your choices that you feel like with some people you have to apologize. Oh, I'm so sorry. My kids go to, oh, I'm sorry. My kids go to this wonderful private school, or uh, I'm so sorry. We put our kids in public school. There's a kind of sense of shame around it, or there's a opposite. There's a sense of, of, of pride or of honor. Like, well, my kids go here. We homeschool, you know, we didn't make, we didn't, uh, outsourced to the government, or we didn't uh, have to give up my job, or whatever the the reason is behind you that you have judged others or judged yourself either in a way that has brought a shame on yourself or brought pride to yourself. And I think both of those are things that we want to war against a little bit, that there's not a a choice here where you get to badger or belittle somebody else because of the choice that they made is different, nor is what Christ has called you to to say, I am, I'm doing this right and other people are not. And at the same time, I do think there are choices to be made that honor God and other ones that that do not. As as we navigate this, I think you'll see that, but it's not to create a system of judgment of other parents. And I think that's a really easy trap to fall into, is to judge yourself and to judge others too harshly. So I don't want to make assumptions about other families, and that's true of many of the topics we talk about. That just because somebody is like, if we, if we come to a conclusion, if your family comes to a conclusion that you found a local private school that is right for you, it is not the same thing as saying every other kid in your neighborhood who is not going to the private school has made the wrong choice. Right. Or if you have landed at a public school in your neighborhood, you don't get to go, well, all the kids who ended up in private school, those families have made the wrong choice. Right, And so making assumptions about families, even if it's about the family's abilities or disabilities or learning disabilities or whatever it might be, you do not, I want to effort not to make assumptions about somebody else's family and their choices to the best of your ability. Let's try to honor them well. Anything about that so far that I've said, ladies, that we need to—
0: I mean, just like in any other big parenting decisions, let's just assume everyone's doing the best they can.
2: Let's let's assume the best until well, we know different, yeah, right? Every, like,
0: I mean, yeah.
1: yeah, Jesus says that his yoke is light, right? Amen. And, the, and the burden is easy. And what would feel really heavy is the burden of trying to steward every family's decision yeah. and every family's yeah. children when God has given you your children— And that's heavy enough. It's heavy enough. I mean, it can feel heavy enough. Isn't it? Exactly. And so God's calling you to steward what he's given you. And we also, too often in in the church, we can really just kind of dampen uh, the activity of the Holy Spirit in our life. Um, The same way we support people when someone says, the Spirit told me to go to the nations, be a missionary, take the gospel somewhere. So I feel led by the Spirit to plant a church. I feel led by the Spirit to go into politics or law. And we support people and think, you know, that's great. And for some reason with school choice, sometimes we act like, no, there's no way that the Holy Spirit could have told you one thing and told me another, right? Right? When the Lord definitely does uh, move us. Move his people around for his glory and for his purposes. Totally, um, but yeah, that's just that is just a heavy burden to carry yeah. to try to steward not only what God's given you but what God's given somebody else, and, and the scriptures obviously have uh, some non-negotiables in them about sin and um, righteousness, and so we can trust those things. And then there's a lot of things that are just not prescriptive. Yeah. Um, and so if we can't apply something, a conviction or a preference in our life, if you can't apply that to every believer in the world, then, then it's not law. Right. Right. And so um, we, we've got to be generous with people and um, charitable towards others. We just, we've really got to l- drop that burden. Yeah.
2: Yeah. One of the other dangers I see in this conversation is people oversimplify it. They make these big categories of Christian school, public school, Homeschool. And let me tell you, and we'll talk about this, they are not all created equal. Every Christian school is not the same thing. Right. Every public school is not the same thing. And the same is true for families. Every kid is different, every school is different. Every family is different. I'll give you an example. Within Christian schools, there are schools that we would maybe call covenant schools in which every family has to sign some kind of covenant that says, these are the things our family believes. Therefore, we are eligible to go to the school that believes the same things. There are other Christian schools that are not covenant schools, but they may have a faculty covenant in which the faculty has to all believe these things, but the families who attend could be from any number. Of, of faith backgrounds. Right. And so maybe they're more, maybe that school has that choice because they want to be more missional in the community. And so they want to invite people that believe whatever, but the faculty is going to be Christian. And then there's other schools that would call themselves Christian and have absolutely no Christian Bible teaching, Bible classes, chapels, singing at all, have no Bible curriculum.
1: They might they may sign an email with something like blessings sure. or like grace and peace, yeah, something like that. And so it's like, you know, we're a Christian school.
2: <laughs> but really they may say, you know, we're based on Christian ethics. And what mm-hmm. they mean by that is we want our generally um, wealthy people to feel like they could escape the local public school and come here and it would be a different alternative. And so there are, there are are private schools who only exist in order to be an alternative to a public school kids don't want to go to. And then there are private schools that exist because they want to glorify God and teach kids uh, that Christ is in everything from math and science to art. And so there is a a, a very, there's a vast difference. And the same obviously is true of your public schools. The public school in Chelsea and I's neighborhood is different than the public school in Cassie's neighborhood. And we're in the same school district, I think.
0: Yeah.
2: And so our schools are very, very different. Your Mm -hmm. feeder patterns are different. The faculty is different the administrators make a difference and as we'll get into the families who are putting their kids in that school mm-hmm. make a difference as well so i yeah. don't want to over generalize and say this is what christian schools are like this is what public schools are like or this is how you should feel about a decision you made your schools are different and so is every single kid for uh, one kid you may find that a school choice has to be different than some of your other kids and mm-hmm. that is okay, because you're dealing with different kids. And from year to year, one of the things I want to say too is somebody said to us that education is a decision you get to make every year or even more often than that. And I think that should be freeing.
0: That was, yeah.
2: Yeah, to say, you don't have to say, hey, I now locked my kid into a track that for life, this is his opportunity. So Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want that to seem like it's doom and gloom once you've made a decision and you have to back that up. No, there's going to be a lot of trying to do it right. I get it but every choice will leave parents having to be ready for care, to care for their kids when we didn't get it exactly right. In other words, no matter what choice you've made as a family, there will be a point at which your kid probably has some hurt or probably has some struggle. And if you start going, I guess we made the wrong school choice, or I guess God led us in the wrong way with every single decision, you're, you're oversimplifying the fact that there's not a perfect school choice out there for your kid, or f- there may be... The best choice. There may be a a right choice we can help you make, but don't think that if you made, uh, if you hit trouble or you hit trauma, that it's because you made a wrong choice. Now, I think every school is going to have sinners in it and homeschool, likewise. It's not a way to escape every problem. Homeschool can be a way of, uh, it's really the decision is about picking your problems. What problems will we have for this kid? Not a way of saying, how do we avoid all problems? And sometimes your kid's the problem. Amen. Mm -hmm, I mean, there have been
0: times where it's like this, and that's what you even got to have like, and just that in terms of maybe this isn't the right fit for this specific kid. And so yep. having all three of my kids in the same school, it's been so interesting to watch them, you know, as the next one hits the same grade, it's like, wow, this is a very different experience than it was with our first kid mm-hmm. or our second kid. Yeah. Because yeah. of just how different they are. And, you know, one might be more academic and one's more creative and one's more social. And yep. and so even having just major you know, majorly different experiences with each kid at the same school. And so knowing that that can be true for anyone in any school, I imagine you guys had the same experience in your school.
2: And we've been at multiple schools and we'll talk about our education history here in just a second because Chelsea and I think have interesting perspectives on this. I really do. Uh, But one other argument- So does Cassie. Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. I was telling Cassie that I think you'll be interested. I'm right
0: here. I didn't
2: go anywhere. (laughs) Uh, One of the other arguments I want to uh, eliminate, I do not want to have is a results-based argument. Uh, There's a sense in which people will say, well, my kid went here, my school did this, and so now this is the result, and therefore this school is the right choice. When I think all of us around this table could name incredibly godly people who went to public school and incredibly godless people who went to private school. Mm -hmm. And those are not evidences of like, see, if you send your kid to private school, they'll end up godless, or that if you send them to public school, they'll end up godly. Uh, If we have that kind of results-based argument, that might be helpful for a particular school to say like, this is how that curriculum was helpful for my family, or this is how that assistance for my kid with special needs came alongside us. But we know really godly Christian teachers at public schools. We also know, quote-unquote, Christians who are educators quote-unquote, educators who are not following Jesus who work at private schools, mm-hmm. who work at Christian schools. And so it's it's too much to oversimplify again to say, well, this is what happened when I put my kid through here. And so therefore, based on the results I've received, you have to justify the decision I made or somebody else made. Uh, you know, just looking at a school and saying they have this many Ivy League kids or they have this many uh, kids going into ministry is not necessarily going to determine what that means for your family. So I want to avoid results-based arguments. I also think one of the big conversations that come into this, and I know this is a big deal. We're not going to be able to solve this for you, is cost. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to clarify a couple of things that I think people avoid in this conversation. People will describe a public school as a free education, which in many ways it is. But let's be clear, your taxes pay for public school. So you're, everybody's kind of contributing to pay for public school. In fact, in Dallas, it is uh, we spend more per student in public school than you do per student in private school. So while that comes out of your pocket in a different way, public school is not free in a sense. It's something that we are all paying for. And it's a very American idea, Uh, not just America, but it is a very American idea that says education is a a right. There are many people in this world who do not have an education uh, opportunity. We have friends here who are girls who grew up in Af- Afghanistan. Therefore, they were not eligible for education. I have a friend here who is in education. He's in high-level education. He's teaching educators. And where he grew up in Pakistan, he was not allowed to be educated because of how much money his family made. He would sneak in education by sitting outside school windows. To him, school was a true privilege. Yeah. In America, where it has become a right, where when anytime you give something away for free long enough, someone feels entitled to it, and when you're entitled to something, you treat it very cheaply. Mm -hmm. And so we treat education cheaply. In other words, what I mean by that is like students tend to treat it like it's something they fight against instead of something they should be honored to receive.
1: Sure.
2: And so I would love it if we started thinking about education less like, hey, something I am owed, something that I, I deserve and a little bit more like what a precious gift that anybody would be willing to spend a day with my kid helping them learn, whether that's a homeschool parent who has maybe made personal sacrifices there, a private school parent who's made personal sacrifices in order to afford it, a public school parent who's who's made personal sacrifices through their taxes or otherwise, you know, in, in their investment in, in order to make it possible. But I also want to clarify, Christian education and private school education is not always super costly. We know people that go to a private education and have on scholarship and it is basically free or altogether free. So it's also not fair to say you can't go to private school if you can't afford it. I would say there are opportunities for people to go to private school and apply for financial aid and find out, you know, if you can't afford it, you may find that a school is more than generous in order to offer you that education for for no more dollars. Does anything I'm saying here making sense? Yeah. Or if you against? want
0: your kids to be grateful for it, you can make them run enough lemonade stands to pay for it themselves. <laughs> yeah, pay for it themselves. <laughs> so they're not entitled <laughs> to buy their products. So I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. But I
2: should say in general, Christian schools and private schools can be very costly. And mm-hmm. it is an investment that families have to decide, is that what we want to spend our money on? Yeah. It can be a privilege for uh, the uh, people who can afford it, or, uh, you know, it's not fair to say it's only for the super rich. We know a lot of people who barely scrape by and make it a sacrifice in order to pay for a Christian education for their kids or have a parent who stays home full-time to homeschool, even though they're barely able to pay their bills. Uh, A couple of the things I want to say before we jump into some questions. When we're going to talk about recommendations to families about choosing their school, It's different than what we would say to educators who are choosing their occupations. So I I want to clarify, if you're you're a teacher and you're going, should I work in a public school or work in a private school? Or if you're a parent going, should I homeschool or should I not? It's a different decision than what we're going to basically talk about is how do you make a decision for kids? As an adult, there there are different criteria I would go through with you about your motivations, your heart, and your opportunity to be salt and light in a difficult area, be that a private school, a homeschool, or a public school. Uh, Homeschool rules, by the way, we'll talk about homeschool a little bit, but just so we're clear, if you don't know this, homeschool rules are very different state to state. Where we are in Texas, man, anybody can homeschool.
0: Yep. And man,
2: there are not a lot of regulations. There's a, this is the, the wild, wild west when it comes to homeschooling is Texas and I know a few other states. And so if you want to homeschool and you don't want a ton of supervision from the state, man, Texas is a great place to live. But I know that is not the case in a lot of other states. And we're not going to go into all those differences, but not all states are created equal when it comes to homeschool regulations and curriculums and curriculum checks. And for some of that, man, I'm, I'm grateful for some checks in other states because there are some reasons to be um, suspicious maybe of everybody's version of homeschool. If it gets a little wild and out of control. All right, just a couple more things. There are too many factors- Too many factors in order to give black and white rule to Christian parents. In some cases, you may be picking your problems and there's not going to be a perfect option. So we're going to talk about some of those factors, some of those things here in a second. But I just want to caveat by saying we are not solving every problem here on this episode. Uh, School choice can be something, you, like we said, that you can make a different choice every year. It's not a track that you're stuck on. So, uh, Cassie, Chelsea, let's start helping people make this decision. But first, can you tell us a little bit about Maybe about either your personal education story or your personal education choices so far. Cassie, I don't think I know you. I know you studied fashion, but what was oh, Cassie yeah. Bryant's education like?
0: Oh, I just went to the Wichita Falls Public Schools.
2: Mm-hmm. And you I mean, and before out fine. that,
0: before that, it was Duncan, Oklahoma. So. Um, I know. Did you wow. know I was born in Oklahoma? No,
2: I didn't know we were dealing with an Oklahoma. I know. I
0: don't tell many people, but now the whole podcast listening people know. The listening people, the listening people know. So sorry if you thought I was a native Texan. So um, you
2: went to public school your whole life?
0: Public school my whole life. I rode the bus, and uh, then I walked. I was a latchkey kid. And I mean, for the most part, small town, Texas, I mean, not small town, it was like 100,000 people, um, small compared to Dallas, but a lot of my teachers were believers and um, or at least culturally Christian, maybe is one way. And I remember my first teacher in high school who wasn't, mm-hmm. and we were all scared of him because we were told that he was going to like challenge our faith in our science class and and whatnot. And we all we all survived it, but um, <laughs> Anyway, I just remember kind of that being standing out as a contrast. But yeah, I was public school and then went to UNT for a little while before being called into ministry and then dropped out of the the formal bachelor degree program and kind of learned on the job and then yeah. got my associates at Texas Women's University in child development.
2: Okay. So there Chelsea, you go. Chelsea, how about you?
1: That's Great. My dad was in the military, so we moved around a little bit, but I I grew up going always to public schools. I went to kindergarten on a military base in Southern California, got to ride my bike. They, I mean, no, there I rode my skateboard Nice in California. So yeah. cool. I mean, it was awesome. You were like
0: Avril Lavigne. Totes.
1: Uh, <laughs> less Canadian. Skater girl, but yeah, far, far less Canadian. Um, <laughs> then we moved. So yeah, I went to some school there in California, then... Y'all, I went to a public school in Tennessee, small town, East Tennessee, where the teacher, we prayed before lunch. Mm. Um, we had Bible class just like you went to art or computer. Wow. We went to Bible, and it's um, a public school. This is a public school, hundred percent public school. It was it was called the county school? Wow! And um, they could spank us also. The teachers could Whoa. spank. it got <laughs>
2: the Bible and spankings. <laughs>
1: the Bible and spankings. Wow! And I know we vowed not to talk about spanking, but I'm just saying this is what <laughs> happened in, the, in my public school: <laughs> is that the teacher could spank you, and then the principal could also paddle you, and that was like all the way up to high school. You get paddled by the principal. Um, wild times in uh, public school in Tennessee. And then we went to New Orleans and I went to public schools there. Again, wild times. And then <laughs> and then we moved to Texas and I continued going to public schools, graduated and then went to a public college called Texas A&M University.
2: Never heard of it. The
1: Holy Spirit lives there.
2: <laughs> oh my That's goodness, the Aggies. Uh, well, unlike, unlike the two of you ladies, I went to private school my whole life. I went to Christian schools uh, from... Preschool all the way through college. Y'all, y'all can't school. see Adam,
1: but he's looking down on us. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he's I am a little bit he is actually riding around on his high horse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's great. Uh, knight in shining armor. Uh, but I did. I went to private schools my whole life, and the first time that I was in a public school full time yeah. is oh, the Chelsea the and I were both public is. school educators. So I don't know that we've talked about that on the podcast before, but we were both. Uh, Chelsea was a uh, physical education teacher and a coach, and I was a history teacher and an English teacher for several years. And so we have both been public school educators I, I have been a private school recipient, and our kids are currently in their second Christian school that we've had them in, in their young lives. Cassie's kids are in a Christian school as well yes. right now. And so those are the schools our kids are in. But Chelsea and I, when we're making our school decisions that I hope we'll get into here in a minute, visited public schools, private schools, and and considered when we were moving to this house, even eight years ago, whether or not homeschooling would be an option for us. We, like many of you listeners, uh, did not already have a settled, okay, here's where we're going to go. Here's what our plan is. And even now. I mean, uh, being 100% honest, Cassie, you wouldn't know this, but last night I barely slept. Uh, That's maybe an exaggeration. I had trouble sleeping because I was stressed about school choices for our family, thinking about what we're going to do long-term and what's going to be the best fit. And if we found, what if we found, you know, the kind of stress questions that get in my hand of like, what if we find the private school that we want to be in, but there's no room for us? Or what if we can't afford it? Or what if they don't choose us? You know, if it's a school that... (laughs) Yeah, what if it's a school that only has like a couple spots and 70 applicants and they don't pick us? And so, listeners, I know those stresses. I I live them. And Mm -hmm. we've known those choices. We've navigated them. And Chelsea and I uh, have uh, worked with kids who are not believers. We've worked with kids that are. We've worked with teachers who are and teachers that aren't. I've certainly worked with teachers who claim Christ and yet are terrible examples to kids. And we've navigated it as pastors, ministers, we've navigated it as educators. Mm. And uh, I've been a kid in public, I'm sorry, in private school, Chelsea in public school, Cassie in public school. Hey, friends, it's March, and that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They've got the brand new Little Pilgrims Big Journey Complete Box Set, it's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. Hey listeners, we live in a world where anxiety, depression, and weariness seem to be the basic descriptors of our lives. For many of us, our calendars and our plates are overfull, yet our lives still lack joy. But it doesn't have to be this way. Jesus invites you to have true and abundant joy that's only found in Him. In John 15, Jesus reveals three very surprising pathways to finding this type of joy. You can discover these pathways in the new book, Overflowing Joy, by author and Bible teacher Tara Dew. This is available at LifeWay.com, and you can save 40% off with the code JOY40. Again, that's J-O-Y, the number four, the number zero, at LifeWay.com. The new book is Overflowing Joy by Tara Dew. Check it out. Uh, Chelsea, why do you think is there so much tension around this choice for parents? Why is there so much potential for judgment? Why is this so hard?
1: Well, this is just my hot take, but I, I think a lot of the tension around this choice has to do with our obsession with perfection. Yeah, that we like to give our kids the the perfect school. We don't just find like a good school. Sometimes people, whether whichever school we've had our kids in and people are like, do you like it? And I'm like, yeah, it's a school. It's a school. But like I will never sell it to another parent and say, get over here, this is the perfect school and it's better than all other schools. What does that even mean? Yeah. But I think our uh, Instagram, social media world where we're always trying to put our best foot forward and just create something perfect. And sometimes when people come to me with Questions like that, where I can sense a lot of anxiety about it, a lot of that tension of like, what should I do? Um, I encourage them a lot um, to remember, fix their eyes on the one that lived a perfect life, that Jesus Christ made perfect decisions. He lived a perfect life on your behalf and you get the reward. So now you're free. You could choose a school, you can choose a job, you can choose a lot of things. And if it ends up not being perfect, that is okay. We can expect it not to be. But yeah, I think a lot of the tension is just our obsession. Our, like we just have a tight grip on trying to make sure that everything is the best. Yeah, That we have the best family and we have the best kids. And they go, they're go, they going to end up in the best college. Mm. And people just, you get really yeah. wound up about it.
2: Yeah. And doesn't it seem like if some other family made a different decision, it's almost like an affront to yours. Yeah. Like you're saying like, well, we made, we're trying to make the perfect choice. And here's somebody else who come along who made a different one. Yeah. and whether things are working out for them or not it, it it does something to either justify or justify or undermine the way you feel about your decisions yeah well i want to talk a little bit about let's let's try to be helpful here so let's think about if you're going to a school and we're saying hey we want you to as a listener say you're going to consider these options you're thinking about homeschool you're you're thinking about these schools and you're thinking about them like we talked about not that every private school is the same and not that every public school is the same so you're going to go into a school and you're going to ask questions Cassie, what kind of questions do you think a listener should be thinking about asking if they get a chance to meet with the administrators or meeting with teachers or meeting with other families that go there? What questions should Christians be asking before they make decisions about whether or not this is the right education decision for their family?
0: Yeah, well, I think first they should ask, you know, what the administration, what the teachers, what the students and what the families love about their school. I think getting an opportunity to talk about talk to those four categories of people at any school, private school or public school, to hear from the leadership from the teachers themselves, and then from a student and parents. Gives you like kind of a, a hopefully a pretty well-rounded view of what the school, like how the school's operating and, and what they value as a school. And just, I think, a note that every school is going to be different. Even, I mean, I imagine, I guess, again, our context is Dallas, so it's going to be very different maybe for other cities. But even within Dallas and Richardson and Lake Highlands, Every every school is so unique. They're yeah. not all the same. Mm-hmm. And public schools offer so many different things. And private schools are so different, you know. And so I think first it's just getting on the same page with your spouse about the values and what you're looking for. And then kind of coming up with those questions and being consistent kind of with everyone that you visit about what you're, what you're asking. Um, philosophy of education is always good. There's so many different philosophies. And so if you're unfamiliar with those, I mean, you've got classical, you have Montessori, traditional methods. Uh, I mean, there's just kind of—we we learned when we were looking at schools, There's it's so broad. Uh, yeah. you have STEM, we've got, like, public STEM schools for all girls and mm-hmm. public STEM schools for all boys. And We have those bilingual schools here where, like— Dual language. The dual
1: language model is super cool.
0: It's so cool. Yeah. And, um, and, and then you're going to ask different questions if your kids have any special needs, right? right. And, and public schools have such great, usually, funds and resources for those families. And so— I think more importantly than what specific questions you're asking, I think it's the prep work that you and your spouse do before you go to visit. I would say don't go in blind, like go ready with the questions that you want to have to ask and the values that you're seeking and kind of make those known. And then look for opportunities where you can kind of see. And then... also, I'd say don't be afraid to challenge or to ask the questions that you might have that would feel maybe like you're offending them or... No. But go ahead, just ask. Just be bold and ask totally the thing agree. that you're wondering. Don't let don't let fear keep you from asking the things that yeah. you're...
2: Yeah, I think if you're if you're checking out a public school, don't be afraid to ask the administrator or the teacher, hey, my family goes to this church. We're Christians. How yeah. do you feel like that will fit in yeah. with the student body? Uh, where do you... If, if these kids are going to church or they're going to mosque or they're going to synagogue, where are these kids coming from? Where are they going? How are Christians treated in the school? Mm. How will people treat what my kids or my family believes? Those are those are fine questions. Oh yeah, if you live in America, to ask you you have a right to your religion, and so it's okay to ask those kind of questions. The same, you know, I would say to an educator to talk to your principal before you take a job to say like I'm a Christian. How will that? How do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a fine question to be able to ask. Now they can't hire or not hire you based on your religion, but it's okay to ask history of like how have, how have Christians responded mm-hmm. in the school or how. Have, how, how have they done? And ask for honest answers. And then if you're evaluating a private school, to ask questions about the spiritual life, not for just sure. of the school, like other chapels or their Bible studies, but about the families that they're mm-hmm. inviting. And it's okay to ask questions like, when you guys are evaluating families for this private school, what kind of questions do you guys ask about their spiritual life? Uh, do you want to know that mom and dad are believers? Do people have to be a member of a church in order to go to church here? Or uh, sorry, in order to go to school here? Yeah. Uh, what churches do most of the kids that go to school here go to? Uh, so you can understand like what kind of denominational affiliation am I going to be around? Therefore, what kind of theology are they going to be around? And what's the historical denominational affiliation? Is this school affiliated with a church? Is it affiliated with the denomination? If so, how does that work itself out? Hey, can I read, uh, the faculty covenant that you make your teacher sign, uh, in order to work here? Those are, you know, sometimes people will say, you know, that's, um, you don't want to come across as harsh of in, or invasive. I get that, and I, I think there's a way to do all these questions graciously. I'm not saying you need to attack your local school or get in there, mm-hmm. but these are big decisions, so don't be afraid to ask big questions. Yeah. To say this is the, this is my kid. This is the way they are. Now, Chelsea and I have both seen enough of. Hey, my kid is special to know like to make us throw up. Like, there's enough of that kind of like. Hey, my kid is different. My kid is unique. That drives teachers nuts. I'm not saying you need to you need to beat an administrator over the head with how your kid is unique, but it is okay to ask questions that really serve your family on school visits. Chelsea, any questions that are coming to mind for you?
0: I think y'all covered it. I like what y'all said. <laughs> I did. I did call a friend who's in education on my way here just to get her perspective. Um, she loves public schools and has been part of public schools both in her profession and now as a mom for many years. And um, she was just sharing that. Uh, there's so much data out there. And so don't be afraid to ask to see that, you yeah. know, whether it's just about, not even just about how students were performing, but like teacher retention. She's like, teacher retention will tell you a lot about a school. Mm-hmm. Like are teachers staying? Yeah, If they are, that means they they care and they yeah. like they like the school probably. And so, and then she's like, she's also said that there's a lot you can find online about the curriculum that they're like teaching at the school. So ask questions about curriculum. Yeah. She's like, it's not, it's not a secret. They're not hiding things. So you just need to ask and do the research if you have questions.
2: And I would encourage any family to visit the school when you're making your decision. Mm -hmm. Chelsea and I have been on school visits, on several school visits, you know, getting a, honestly, one of the most helpful things we did was visit the art room, you know, walking through what kind of art are these kids doing? And one of the schools was like really scary, kind of evil themed art. And it was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And Chelsea asked, you know, Chelsea cares a lot more about physical education than a lot of other people might, uh, both because of her history, but also she understands the importance of it. So mm-hmm. she would ask, are we just, are we giving teachers a break and these kids are walking laps? We want to see what the curriculum is for physical education. What, What is the investment we're going to do here? And how often are the, you know, we'd ask questions about technology, how often are kids being asked to be on computers or watch a movie in class? And those are the kind of thing. I like what you're saying, Cassie, about asking how long teachers have been there or finding the data on them. That can be really, really helpful. Now, Chelsea, when we're talking about this, this is like many questions we talk about when it comes to choices. One of the things we want to be introspective about is our motivations, mm-hmm. right? Is, is this, is our decision being motivated by fear? Is it being motivated by our loves? Or what are the scriptures that we're leaning on in order to make our choice? Can you talk to us a little bit about that, about those motivational yeah. factors?
1: The fears that we hear from people a lot, you know, is that like a stereotypical fear someone might, a Christian might have about public school is that their kid is going to be discipled into worldly worldliness, godly godlessness. Yeah, That their child is going to be given a worldview that is absolutely opposed to the gospel. And if they spend a certain amount of hours at school, Will their home life be able to overcome that worldview? Again, there's a stewardship here, but we don't want to be motivated by the fear, no, right? Because Jesus says that the gates of hell won't prevail against his church. Um, And at the same time, a lot of our kids aren't, aren't walking in this super solid faith of their own, right? Where they're in the process of being discipled by their parents. So that's something that comes to mind for a lot of people. Sometimes when people talk about homeschool, they say you know, that homeschool sounds really great or ideal for their family or a good fit for their kids. But then the fear is my kids might end up being um, socially sheltered, socially behind, um, naive, or even bored or isolated if they don't have friends or don't know how to make friends, you know. And so, again, you're going, kind of like Adam said, you know, are you choosing the perfect school or are you choosing which problems you're going to have? Because every school is going to have some problems or every choice is going to have some problems problem, so to speak. And it's not that those things can't be solved, right? Yeah. And so our kids go to a Christian school where they're taught a Christian worldview and they're not taught it perfectly, but they're they're presented with a Christian worldview. Well, that means we have to expose them to some of the other things that are happening in the world so that they understand. And so those are some of the things we have to think about when it comes to the scriptures. We think about things that says, raise up a child in the way they should go. So when they're older, they won't depart from it. And the Shema in Deuteronomy that says that we impress certain things upon our children. The high priestly prayer, Jesus prays that we would be in the world, but not of the world. And so we can look at all these things and try our very best to lean into the Spirit and ask God, where does He have us? Where does He want us? Where does He want our kids right now? And then like we already talked about, to know that that doesn't mean a life sentence of whatever we've chosen. Um, we switched schools one time already, and our the school our kids are in now only goes through sixth grade. We're going to have to keep making school choices, and we might not make the same choice for each one of our kids. We don't know. But we want to look at the scriptures and we don't want to take them out of context. We want to apply them to our hearts and and really ask God for direction um and for freedom from fear and to reject the fear that yeah. rises up,
2: amen. yeah, so much of you said it's so helpful. I think it also brings up a couple of, uh, kind of the common arguments I hear around school choice that I think are worth addressing real quick. One of the arguments I, I I call the bubble argument, like people will say, if you don't put your kids in public school, you're putting them in a bubble that eventually they'll be exposed to this world that they didn't know existed. And it'll be kind of like overwhelming, or it'll be too much for them, or you've never let them really experience this world. And they won't experience it until they're out of your house. And then they won't have you there to walk through that with them. And I. I get that argument. There's a lot of validity to aspects of it. But I'll also tell you the opposite is true. If you, if you put kids in a bubble where they don't hear the gospel in their education, either because they are homeschooled by you as a Christian parent or because they are in a uh, Christian environment in the school with Christian teachers. You are protecting those kids, guarding those kids from the truth that Jesus Christ is involved in history. Jesus Christ is involved in mathematics. God, the father created science, like science is discovery of what God did. And if you put them in a school, you're protecting them from that truth. And they might find out one day that they've been exposed to a bunch of other so those, all those arguments have counter arguments that are just as valid. Right, Or we'll hear from a homeschool parent that they'll say, well, I just wanted to be the primary influence in my kid's life. <laughs> now, the problem with that argument is that you can't say that somebody who put their kid in public school or a private yeah. school is not the primary influence in a kid's life. I get what you're saying, and I, I honestly am for it. And I think, and, and Cassie, I want to talk more about this here in a moment, that all of us should be thinking about regardless of your school choices— How are we using the influence we have in a kid's life? What is the parental involvement and how important is it regardless of the school choice? Talk to us about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, all the research says that parent involvement, like parents are the greatest influence on their kid's life. Mm -hmm. And the research around public education and education in general says if your parents are involved in your education, then your kid will likely be successful in their education. Whether that's the worst public school in Dallas Mm-hmm. And that's where you have to go because you live in that neighborhood and you're doing your best with what you have. If the parents love that kid and are and are involved, then that kid has a great chance at mm-hmm. success, regardless yeah. of if it's a nine out of ten or whatever the you know, whatever the situations are. Or if you have a kid in the best private school in Dallas, but parents are not involved, yeah. that kid is not set up to win. You mm-hmm. know, they might be acing the test and whatnot, but they might have other issues. And so I think what what we've been saying from the beginning of the podcast is that parent, the influence that God has given parents is unique and profound. And it is our job to disciple our kids. And I I think education and discipleship are so closely linked um, in terms of, they're not the same word there. We have two different words for that, but you are still the primary, even if your kids are in school 40 hours a week, you're still the primary influence in your kid's life. And we have very good friends who are in public schools here in Dallas and they are some of the best parents and best disciple makers we know. Mm-hmm. And their kids are doing great. And, yeah. that, and our choices were different. And we can choose to let that create a rift or be, we can be judgy about that for each other. Um, or we can just celebrate that God is at work in our lives, in the lives of our family, in the lives of our kids, despite our brokenness, despite the choices that we've we've made.
2: Yeah, there are really faithful ways to honor God and influence and disciple our kids. And and homeschool them. Absolutely. I think everybody would agree with that, right? Like totally. there's 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 zero argument there. You can do that in such a beautiful way. And there are really beautiful ways to disciple your kids, be the primary influence, be who God called you to be, and have your kids in a Christian school. Even if that Christian school is different theologically than you, or you're frustrated with the theology, or their their teachers are not uh, super godly, or whatever, there's still faithful ways to do it. Yeah. And the same is true in, in many public schools. Now, I, I get the arguments around this, and I get why it's such a hot-button issue, because you're saying, do I want—we uh, the?" We kind of um, depersonalize it and say, do I want the, the country to— to parent my kids, or do I want me to do it? Which I think is kind of oversimplification. What I want is no matter what choice we make, that you parents understand the role God has called you to and the church has called you to, which we've talked about on many episodes on this podcast. There is no choice that you make here that you get to abdicate your role as a parent. Now, there are blessings to different, there are strengths and weaknesses to different choices into different schools. And I want to talk about for just a second, because I think we're getting a little bit long here. We're, we're, this no. is, there's so much more to talk about, <laughs> but there is a blessing I love to Christian education as a kid who grew up in it. And now I get to oversee a Christian school and our kids are in that Christian school. There's something so beautiful to me of coming alongside my parenting is other Christian men and women who want to pour into our kids that same gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, it's got warts. Like There are all kinds of things where I go, well, that's not the way I would have explained it, or that's not the theological emphasis I would have given, or if I were teaching that chapel, I would have taught it different. And that's in a school that I have a lot of sway in. I mean, I, I oversee this the school our kids are in, and there are still things where I go, man, that's not the way I would have done it. And the same is true for homeschooling. You may find that it creates a tension between parents. I'm like, well, I, I wouldn't have done that, or we need to emphasize that, or with this kitty struggles here. And, or as you uh, have them in uh, homeschool, is often now, at least where we are, there's a lot of hybrid type programs where you, your kids are not just flying solo. They're not just reading with mom, they're, they're interacting with other kids, or there's hybrid programs where it's a couple days a week or one thing and a couple days a week or something else you know, with kids or, or on their own. And so I think even in that, we don't want to make an assumption that homeschool means you have these kids locked in a bunker in the basement. They've never seen a television set and they'll come out, you know, 60 years from now and be super weird. Although,
1: and you, yeah. And you're starting a militia. And stuff yeah.
2: Like that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that certainly probably does happen. That's a, that's a rude assumption to make about somebody who's chosen homeschool. Uh, when we're making these judgmental uh, cases, I will tell you that you know, um, some of the some of the hot button issues lately have been about why you should choose these different things, and I want to just remind our listeners. I'm trying to depart a little bit from the conversation or what yeah. you should do to what you can do, and whatever you choose, then what you should yeah. do, have or how you should do it. Maybe yes. not
0: what, but just how we go about. We make the decision now. How do we go about? that decision in in an ecumenical spirit, you know, um, with our, with our, and knowing, I mean, Chelsea, you said this, it's not, you know, you're not locked in for the next 12 years for whatever you decide, but you're also not promised that what you've decided is going to work. And so you really have to keep your hand open. I mean, the school that our girls are at, it's a little more rigorous than I would like, you know, I'm like, I'm like Hey, I think that's, that seems a little heady for a fourth grader. <laughs> um, I, you know, and the mission is to be ethical servant leaders. And I was like, I think you could be an ethical servant leader without having to do that math problem. Yeah. Um, and we've, you know, just kind of decided, you know, if, if she finishes the C student at this school, we're going to be proud. We're not here for her to excel in academics, but we, It's just all this this to say, but we're also having to grapple with like, if it's not the best for her, she's perfectionistic. Mm. She wants to do well and really struggles when she doesn't. And so it's like, well, gosh, have we set her up to fail by being a part of something that might be too challenging academically? And so then you're just having to really, like you said, just listen to the spirit, trust where he's leading you, and then be open-handed because what what you think might work or what did work for a few years might not work for the next few years. And that's a humbling place to be as a parent.
2: Yeah. I want to mention a couple more things before we close out. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about yet is there are a lot of parents who feel like they don't have much of a choice when it comes to education. Yeah, They feel like they can't afford a private mm-hmm. school. Or they feel like uh, they can't afford a house in a neighborhood that would afford them a different public school, or they cannot afford to be at home and homeschool. And all of those are choices. Uh, are all, all those are impacts on your choices that I understand. That's why we're saying every family is different. I want to paint a beautiful picture of what is possible with many different choices. And at the same time say, there are also really poor ways to make this decision. And there are a lot of ways for this to go poorly Mm -hmm. without, but listen to me, without demonizing or villainizing people that made a different decision or have different abilities uh, socioeconomically, and without villainizing or demonizing teachers or administrators and saying, well, if, you know, it's, It's they are like this and they are my enemy. Uh, Our battle, of course, is not against flesh and blood. We do believe that there is an enemy that would love to convince kids, be it in public school, private school, or homeschool, things that are not true about themselves and are not true about God. And we want to battle those things. But without saying the biggest problem my kids face is an uphill climb against the other people or the other families or the other choices they make. I don't want to villainize this oversimplified idea of public school. I don't want to villainize this oversimplified idea of private school. And I don't want to villainize this oversimplified idea of homeschool. I don't want to demonize all those, any of those things. That's why this is so contentious, is because I can tell you I have seen it done well with all three of those options and variations of them. And I've seen it done really poorly with other ones, uh, with the same ones. I'm sorry. And so I I want parents to feel like the reason this podcast exists is to help train you to think about your spiritual leadership in the home. And regardless of what choice you make, that is going to be paramount. This is the critically important, but mostly ordinary work you're called to do every day. And a big part of that discipleship will be what will it look like to educate our kids, to help us think about what influences are going to be around them all day. And of course, different schools are different. And one thing we didn't talk about either is the peer group that your kid ends up in in the school can make a huge impact on whether that's the right school for you, regardless of the curriculum they're teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they're, it's their classical conversation or whether it's it uh, happens to be the, the third grade class they're a part of or whether it happens to be the, the grade they're going into in the mix of other families that are in there. Those are considerations as well that aren't easy to judge when you do a school visit. Yeah. But you may find out my kid is coming home with uh, conversations that are shocking to me or Chelsea and I have had our kids in nothing but Christian school. And I tell you that has not prevented us from having other kids tell things to our kids, say things to our kid, do things around our kid or having other families that think about things very differently still be an influence that we have to address with our own children. Yeah. And the same is true for us that we have probably, our kids have gone to school and other kids may, or other families may look at us and go, man. Those those Griffin people. Did you know they do a podcast about parenting? And okay. yet their kid is doing this X, Y, and Z. And we're going, man. Yeah, our kids aren't perfect. We're trying to work through the same things you guys are. But but we
1: don't do a parenting podcast. It's a discipleship podcast.
2: Amen. Let's
1: amen. Be Let's be clear. Let's be
2: clear. We are not expert <laughs> parents.
1: That's why we don't talk about spanking. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's right. that's
0: never <laughs> mentioned spanking again. Just education. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> education is a bit of a, a departure for us. But you can tell, like this is the reason that we, you know, the this episode is a little bit longer than most of our episodes because there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. And it wasn't as simple just to answer a listener's question. There, This is a charged conversation. And I think there's some faithful ways to do all of them. I think there's something really beautiful about Christian education, mostly because it's something similar to what I love in the house from the parents. Um, but that the we don't outsource who we are uh, as Christians to an education source in order to teach our kids. And at the same time, our education is not as simple as saying, well, where are they going to pick up enough math and science and history in order to get a career? Uh, Education is really, really important, and I'm grateful for it. It's a privilege to have kids get educated and to be able to uh, afford to do it where you'd like to do it. And uh, I pray that as you're making these choices as a family, that you will consider your heart's motivations. Are we trying to make this decision out of fear? Are we taking, making this motivation out of an idol uh, or like pursuing in the pursuit of an idol? Or is this to honor the Lord with the decision we're trying to make? And then whatever decision we make, how will we do so faithfully in a way that honors the Lord and honors the task He's given us as parents to, to serve these kids? Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. And I just want to remind our listeners, you are so free in Christ. Christ came, lived a perfect life, died, was raised, and conquered sin and death for our salvation. We have been set free from the condemnation, any condemnation that could possibly come from your school mm. choice. You're not condemned, you're free. And, and so uh, if this decision's weighing you down and if it's filling you with angst in your heart, we mm. just wanna encourage you to just run to the Lord, surrender all of it and let him speak to you and hear his voice and hear how tenderly he speaks to you, mm. that you are so free. And if, um, if you have found yourself demonizing other people, judging other people's decisions or making assumptions that are really unfair, today's a great day to again, surrender that to the Lord, repent, yeah. and um, and ask God just to give you a new mind and a new heart for those around you.
2: I love that. Uh, my wife, Chelsea, she's so full of the gospel. Uh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Chelsea. One of the things Chelsea also helped me with is when we were first making these decisions, she really challenged the, the cultural definition of what makes a school good. Mm. Cassie touched on this earlier. Sometimes we judge a school as good by like how many kids are going to college and how socioeconomically well off that school is. Just because a church is I'm sorry, just because a school is full of rich kids does not mean that's a good school or that's a better school. You think about what we are teaching these kids, you know, Christ said, you know, it is so difficult for a rich person to get into the kingdom of heaven. And yet for our, our country, we would consider the richest schools to be the best schools. And we go, why is that? That we would conflate wealth with good education. And yet Christ would say wealth can make it really difficult to yeah. follow him. And I think there's something to that. Uh, I think there's something to what Christ is calling us to there and something to our own idolatries that becomes really obvious when we, when we kind of dig onto what are we defining as good for our kids. Well, friends, thanks for listening. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please help us out by giving us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit one of our sponsors and share this episode with one of your friends. If you want to keep up with us or join the conversation, you can follow the Family Discipleship podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We love you listeners and we will see you next week.